Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're going to do some baseball exploring and one basketball question for our next guest because we can't have him on and not ask him a basketball question because you catch him on NBA TV. In season, but he's following the game all year long. Uh, I certainly uh, know more for his MLB series, MLB Network Radio work. Anytime you get a chance to talk either of those two sports with Casey Stern, it's a good time to learn something. Hello, Case. What are you going to teach us today? Uh, geez, Joe. I mean, can you put enough pressure on me? That was uh, the only thing uh, that was a stronger lead into that was a- Apollo Creed and Rocky IV. I, I mean, I, 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 at, at this point, I, I feel like, uh, we're about to throw in the towel, but I will do my best, sir. How you been, buddy? How's <laughs> Always okay? a pleasure, buddy. Thank you for uh, coming on and spending a couple minutes with us. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't, so that's why I'll ask. Are you a wild card guy? Uh, <laughs> the the initial or the one wild the, the one wild card game? You're talking about the game. It, it, uh, you know, uh, look, here's the thing. You can't have the longest season on earth and then have one game. True. Um, the other part is you can't shorten the season to then make it seem like it's not so bad. Owners, money, true. The part that people don't look at, I don't feel, is the whole idea of this is it's supposed to be the push towards how important it is to win a division, right? What you gain out of that. Well, a lot of people say three-game series, but they don't really think about that because we've seen layoffs and think about I mean, look, Jim Leland had it twice, right? The Rockies in 2007. Uh, we ju- I just saw it with, <laughs> just saw it with my Islanders. I know that's not your team, but I just saw my Islanders going back this past year. Imagine a division winner like the Dodgers who now has to finish their season of meaningless baseball for three weeks and now wait for instead of just a couple of days, another four days added on to that while a three-game series is played out. A team, let's say, wins game three in the 11th inning and then turns around coming into your park and you haven't played in nine days and the last time you played a meaningful game was six months ago. You can't do it. So I'm for it because it gets more fans involved. But I also know it's not perfect, but I think like a lot of things in life, we don't like gray area. We try and like stick, this is the way it is. It's terrible or it's wonderful. It's not perfect, and it doesn't seem to make sense, but there's really either eliminate it entirely or do it this way. You can't do a three-game series. Right. That's what I was asking you more than anything else. Should should there even be a wild card? Because there's a bunch of, uh, I don't want to say uh, unthoughtful uh, let's just go old school and people who don't want to advance a game and uh, think that everything was greater 25 or 30 years ago who think the wild card is just a bad thing. I don't, and I don't have a problem with a one-game play, and I get it. It's 162 to play one game, but that's what it is. You know what it is at a time, and then you go out and win that game, and then you got a series. After that, you can uh, either win or lose and determine by the best team. So I've been, I've never mocked or knocked the wild card. That's why I was asking. It sounds like you're the same. You point out the shortcomings, but bottom line is, if you got to say yay or nay, you, you believe that the wild card has its place in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, look, being a little bit biased, and this will be knock on wood, 
the uh, sixth year that I will uh, be able to start the postseason saying, and this time we are, I think, the first game we are every other year, uh, starting our free game saying that we start the postseason with game seven. And that's basically what it will be. Of course, October uh, 1st on TBS, after all of you looking uh, to tune in. Uh, you, uh, I only have to tell you where True TV is in March. Don't have to worry about that in October. But I, I, I love the energy. And you think about it, Jody, I go back to the one that really sticks out to me. Remember the, the Pirates? Uh, with everybody wearing black and PNC Park. Now, look, that didn't go anywhere because the, the organization didn't really use any of that buzz to do anything. But we've seen some great moments. Seven to three, John Lester on the hill in the seventh inning against the Royals team that had no business being there. They fight back. Terrence Gore is still running around the bases. And without Bumgarner and one of the greatest performances you, I, or anybody listening has ever seen in a postseason, that would have been the first of two titles. So it's brought great games. It does remind us of that great 163 and that one day with Dan Johnson and, and all the games going on at once. And I, I love that. I do. It's not perfect. But I think the way you look at it, and I will say this. I'll tag this at the end of it. I know people say the play-in game, is it a playoff game? Look, it's a wild card game. It's its own thing. I mean, why, why would you sit for three hours and argue about Because you know how it is. I mean, everybody argues, well, you can't celebrate. Look, anytime you can celebrate, pour beer over your head, drink some other ones. Uh, why are we yelling at somebody for being able to do that? It just doesn't mean they can't play in a couple of days. So I think people get a little too crazy about that. The reason why I ask is you're getting well figure is because it just doesn't look like we're going to have divisional races. Yes, the Cubs have gone on a hitting tear the last couple of days, just crushing the Pirates, but they're still three and a half behind the Cardinals. Uh, the Indians have fallen uh, a good bit, and yes, they've got their chance to uh, reopen it again this rest of this weekend, but they've taken another couple steps back. It doesn't look like we're going to have divisional races. It's going to come down to the wild cards, so that's why I think it is important. Which wild card race is better, NL or AL? Well, look, it's definitely the NL uh, for me, and I think the biggest reason is in the American, look, you never say never in this sport. And we've all seen it. I mentioned the Royals. I think back to 2006, which uh, it breaks my heart. And, and I remember Andy's catch and then an hour later being in the champagne celebration with Adam Wainwright. And it wasn't as fun uh, knowing where my roots are. Uh, you got to be professionals, of course, as uh, people say. That one was hard. But I, I think we've seen kind of these, these unheralded teams. If you remember that 06 team, the best team in that NL Central that year, which was the Cardinals, won 83 games. Every other team was under 500. They were underdogs in every series and then went on and won the whole thing. But this year in the American League, it is nearly impossible to pick anybody other than the Yankees or the Astros to get to the World Series. And that's why, to me, the wild card game itself, no matter who plays, and yeah, it's a little more lackluster when you're not dealing with names like Scherzer and Lester, perhaps, but I don't think either of the teams that are in it are going to be able to do much, even Cleveland. The National League, I feel differently. I think Washington, we've seen great ironies in sports over the years. This team and the ownership has driven me bananas like everybody else. But wouldn't it be ironic uh, as uh, the great uh, Lannis Moore said, uh, once said, to now have the year after Harper, Jody, the year where there were no expectations, and then Davey was going to get fired, and Rizzo was going to be gone, and dogs and cats were living together, and, and all of a sudden then maybe they get past the first round and move forward. The Washington Nationals are going to be a team that could scare the Dodgers in a short series, and because of that, I think it makes it interesting. And look, the Cubs they're a little bipolar, but look at the starters on the hill. Look at the guys in the middle of the lineup. Much tougher without Baez, granted. But I think either of those teams certainly bring enough medal that in a short stint could go win two, three games. And I bring up this point, 98 wins for the Angels in 14. They went home in three days to the Royals.
Baez is one of the top ten players in baseball. I will oh, agree yeah. with you, but. Oh, yeah. The kid Horner has done nothing but hit since he got to the big leagues. What's he got, like 12 RBIs in five games? Look, we've seen Marco Scudero become a hero and then get a three-year contract at 37 years old. Cody Ross get waived by them. Now, I know these are all Giants things. Those things don't normally happen uh, to the Cubs over the many years of their history, I don't have to tell you, but I wouldn't be surprised. Look, he's, he's still got, when you got Lester and Hamilton, look, they've gotten more out of Darvish, and you think about, you know, I don't know what the back end is, but does anybody really know what the back end is right now with Kenley Jansen, as confident as he says he is? And Dave Roberts told me two days ago that he is in him. I don't think any of us are. So uh, anything can happen. I, I hated the, I will tell you this, it's a different, I don't want to uh, change gears. I have always had a big problem with the five-game series. When you have the longest season ever, and it's already too long, why can't you bring spring training, which is too long anyway, back a week, start it earlier, and have a seven-game series? Why are we having one five-game series and then two sevens? It makes no sense to me because I think you should have to beat the Dodgers as good as they've been the last seven years, four out of seven to knock them off. I don't think anyone in the National League can do that, but I do think three out of five is possible. We're talking to Casey Stern from Sirius XM's MLB Network Radio. All right, uh, completely hypothetical for you. It's probably not going to play out this way, but I just want to get your take. Uh, Cleveland's on the outside looking in. They're going to have to fight their way in, may come down to the last day or two in or out, and they're going to have to do whatever they can just to get in. But if they didn't have to, if they had all their pitches available for that one-day play-in game and they're in the wild card, is Tito Francona going with Bieber, or is he going with Clevenger? I think he huh, – yeah, it's easier to ask me who I would go with. I would go with Clevenger. I would. I would. I, see, his, his month, the past – now, look, Flaherty has been so ridiculously good, and they both were pitcher of the month, I think, in each league in, in August. Um, there's something about him that – He's way better than anyone thought. And what people don't remember, I think, many times is he was that kind of that long man in the pen, Jody, who was really used a bunch right in postseasons going back of yesteryear where they'd kind of stick him in here. He and Zach McAllister were on the same path. You think that's the same path anymore? Uh, so it, it has gone to another level. I think he'd go Bieber. You're talking about a guy who was in the All-Star game, probably shouldn't have, but did win the MVP of the All-Star game in front of his home fans. And I think you would likely see Bieber, I would imagine, start that game for Tito. All right. I remember last year you and I discussing Nate Evaldi right around this time. And both you and I were saying, man, has this guy made himself some money, what he's done with the Red Sox at the end of the season. And then he went on and did more in the playoffs and the World Series and got an unbelievable payday. People were thinking maybe $10 million, one year, $10 million deal. He gets a four-year, $68 million. So we were dead right about uh, him making a ton of money in the last eight weeks of the season. Is Nick Castellanos doing the same thing for himself with the Cubs? You know, I, I think he, he is. I, I think what downplays it is there are two guys in front of him and they're the two best free agents in the market. And that's Colin Rendon. And I think their postseason, you know, look, I don't think if Anthony Rendon has a bad postseason, it could have maybe one game. Well, Colin Rendon, Harper, and Machado. It's true. I don't think it's going to matter. So I think it's more important for Castellanos. And I will go one further. I will give you a guy who I think in the postseason has a chance to really vault, especially coming off of what just happened to him, where he ends up, and that's Dallas Keuchel. Now, he may not. He may not perform well. 
But I think if you look at guys who are in the free agent in that next tier, because look, Rendon and, and Cole, to your point, they're, they're getting paid. Yep. I think Cole is either out west where he's from, and if, if I'm the Angels, I'm John Cusack and say anything with a boombox on his lawn from like the first minute <laughs> on. Uh, because you and I, yeah, I mean, right? I mean, come on. That, that's this, Artie Moreno, open the wallet back up, forget it with the Hamilton thing from years ago, and go forth Cole to not play for the Dodgers or Padres and go to you. It'll be those of the Yankees. Rendon is wide open. I still think Texas. Um, to go and be the next guy like Beltre was for years to be the staple there. But I, I think Dallas Keuchel has a lot on the line because when you go through what he did and, and you, you bet on yourself and you bet wrong and then you, you kind of handle it in a way where I'm not sure everybody felt necessarily great about it, he's a really good guy. Now you get a chance to go ahead and show postseason battle and help elevate a team that couldn't get past the five-game series last year. There are a couple of those around the league, but for me, Keuchel's one of them to keep an eye on that I think what he makes and maybe even years, two versus one, three versus two, could be determined on whether or not he's able to really have success in October. All right. Uh, last thing, and then i got to get one hoop question in for you. Um, I understand that you go from one of the most successful regular seasons and a dominant postseason. It's one of the best years, complete total years, in the history of Major League Baseball, what the Red Sox did last year. And now we're sitting here at 77 and 70, but does that fall from grace for just one year, wipe out three straight divisions in one of the most impressive years? I don't quite understand why the Red Sox did what they did with Dombrowski. Uh, if you know and you want to share, please tell us. If not, give me your opinion. Is there more there than meets the eye? Is it a personal thing? Is it a personality thing? Or is it just, hey, you can't go to 70 and 7 uh, 77 and 70 after uh, winning what you did and the kind of payroll that we had. I go by, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know this. Uh, a lot of times common sense uh, prevails. And I think if you look at the way they handled it, there's stuff we don't know. Now, do I think it's some scandal? No. Do I think that they were at odds, that egos were at play? And you know, Dave's the guy you're not going to hear it from, as you know as well as I do. He's in class, going to take the high road. But whatever happened behind the scenes, it was bad enough that you got into what I always call the owner impulse mode. And what people don't realize is one of the great things about owners is that they could pay other people to run their organizations to be face guys because you really don't want them being that guy, see Dallas Cowboys. You just don't want that. And then it turns out bad. Well, this is what happened. And we've got a Red Sox team following me with this ownership, right? Terry Francona, right? Uh, okay. Uh, the, the Pedro thing ended weird. The Damon thing ended weird. And the John Lester one, people never talk about it enough. They lowballed him so badly after, forget about the winning two World Series, beating cancer with that team and being a, a, just a giant in the community. He was so terrific for them. They lowballed the hell out of him. It was a terrible ending before he went to the Cubs with, with you know, not, not a lot of uh, you know, likability either way. And I think what happened here is you see an organization that got ticked off and said, screw it, we don't want to deal with you anymore. Because case in point, two factors. One, 22 games to go. They could have told Dave he was done, told the other guys in the organization what was about to happen, and never told us, and no one would know. No one's seeking out Dave Dabrowski to go ask him about the last 14 games of the season. That's number one. Number two, normally you'll see class given. Respect is always earned, not given. Dave Dabrowski's one of those guys. Jody, you know it as well as I do. You would see a five-minute presser. You know Dabrowski can sit through it. And they would have it be like they parted ways, and they're both so grateful for their time and congratulations, et cetera. And they didn't give him that. They allowed it to get leaked that he got fired. 
Both of those things tell me you've got owner impulse mode where they got ego, they got upset and insecure, and they went and made a move. It doesn't mean they weren't going to do it after the season, but I think the way it was handled tells you there's a lot more there. Agreed. And they made the manager answer all the questions, which I thought was completely uncalled for and unnecessary. All right, uh, one hoop question. No, you stay on top of the NBA, and it's not the NBA, but it's NBA players. They won the all-important seventh-place game today at FIBA, did Team USA, and I'm sure you've either heard or read Uh, Popovich's quotes thereafter. I've never thought of Pop as an excuse guy. I've never thought of him as a uh, rally the troops around and have to protect my players kind of guy. He's a, a truth speaker, and I thought he was just off base today saying, uh, you just don't understand if you don't think that the rest of the world is caught up and well, our guys played hard. No, seventh place is not acceptable. I'm sorry, Pop. That was my take. What was yours? I'll give you it, and this may answer it quickly. And I don't, I, this would be my thought process on it. And the first thing that came to mind when you said that is well, first of all, the whole thing is a disgrace. And we know it comes down to it's like, you know, the WBC, they better start calling everything the Olympics. Otherwise, no one's going to want to play anywhere. Uh, we know that as part to do it, they still should have played better. I mean, if they all played as hard as Donovan Mitchell looked like he was playing, maybe it wouldn't have been an issue. But when Pop is representing the Spurs, Think of what he's done for them, what he knows he is with them, and his ability to, t- to, pay, to tell the truth. When you are representing Team USA and all the factors that go in it and all the different people that are involved and all the spin that needs to happen moving forward as they prepare, promote, and try and put together a way once they do get into the real dance that they can make something happen from it, I don't know if he has as much leash to be able to do that. So I'm not trying to make an excuse for him because, you know, I mean, I'm – not my, but this is if there ever was a guy who really does not like, there is no filter. Like none, Britta in none. Your That's why these quotes floored me. That's I correct. couldn't believe they were coming out yeah, of his I mouth. Jody, I have no idea, but I bet you. I mean, I don't want to, you know, sit there and say like my knowledge of this is from Gordon Bombay of the Mighty Ducks, but I have a feeling that there's, I, there's probably more pressure and a different element involved, and he probably feels like his place is different having running a U.S. team and what that means versus where he is with the Spurs. It's the only answer I can give. I don't know that that necessarily makes it okay, but I do think that might be why he got that. Always a pleasure, Mr. Stern. You know you and I will talk. All right, Joe, be well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.